Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the first edition of Ballin' Ain't a Hobby. My name is Abel. I got my guy Joe Lowe here and Brandon. We're going to be breaking down some of the top moves off the offseason, just top news in the NBA, and have a pretty killer show. So let's get right to it. James Harden. What's going on with him? Is his value even even relevant at this point? I'm, I'm seeing reports that the Denver doesn't even want to include Jamal Murray. The Heat don't even want to include Tyler Hero in it. The only thing they're really getting is Ben Simmons, and then obviously they're, they're going to want picks for that. But, I mean, what do you think, boys? What, what What's, what's going to happen with him? Is he even going to move? Is he going to chill? So my thing is that you're saying that Tyler Hero's off the table, but like, there's not. That's not a report. That the reporters at the Heat are done considering James Harden because the Rockets are going to say, "Give me Tyler Hero and six first round picks," and the Heat are going to be like, "Nah, Jamal Murray, give me Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and like four first round picks," and the Nuggets are probably like, not. Like, I think it. The team you're coming from the perspective where it's the teams. I think it's Houston that are like, we're not going to budge. We're going to ask as high as we can. And, I mean, I, I don't know if I would include Jamal Murray either, but, I mean, Michael Porter, there's not been no reports that he's off the table. He's got to be on the table. I think there's still a market for James Harden. I wouldn't go so far to say he just – no one wants him. I would say there's a market, but that the deals you're proposing, they're, they're way too much for any front office to even consider because we're talking about a guy who – Seems to not work with every great point guard he's been paired with. If you go down the list, man, Chris Paul, in my opinion, the best point guard we've had in the last 20 years. What happens? They spend two years together, get the Warriors to seven games, and then obviously Chris Paul gets hurt. They don't finish the series. The next year, him and James, they don't even want to work with each other. Then they're moving on to Russell Westbrook, supposedly his good friend. They played together in OKC. They meshed. They clicked. Then we see reports now that in a film session, Harden doesn't show up. Russ is pissed about it. Russ says, why does this man get special treatment? And three to four months later, we see Russ is gone. Harden's still there. And the same old story, you know, people just don't work with James Harden. So, well, I think- so that that is James Harden said he wanted out and Russ just got a whiff of it and said, I want out, too. You know, and then but, they, but the they tension was there. Man. They, the they tension both was wanted there. out. I mean, I think they just both. I think once if D'Antoni and Daryl Morey comes comes back, I don't know if this implodes as bad as it has. Part of that was maybe not when you cut the head of the uh, snake off. You now like James Harden and Russ, they have nothing really up to do. They trade Robert Covington, so it's really they're just left on an island out here with Boogie Cousins. So like, yeah, they both wanted out. James, Russ was the one that got traded first. I don't know if it was like, yeah, there's been reports that he wasn't you know happy with Harden's you know, practice uh, routine. Approach, but yeah, or lack but, thereof. But it clearly worked. James Harden scored 34 points after scoring 36 points per game the last two seasons. It's, he doesn't need practice. You know, we've been through this with Allen Iverson. Some people just don't need practice. And some people like Russ are going to take practice seriously. They're just wired differently. I, that probably They probably butt heads on that. But I don't know if that's... I think that's being blown out a little bit of our proportion. I think... Daryl Morey and D'Antoni was a big part of it, and they just clearly knew they weren't going to win. They both won out. Russ is dealt. It's just a matter of time until Harden is dealt. Yeah, but the thing is, are they even going to get enough value for him? And honestly, the Rockets at this point have kind of decreased his value by painting him as this disgruntled superstar and not necessarily the, the GM now, but beforehand they've been pairing him with 
superstars that are slightly over the hill. You know, Chris Paul, when he joined Houston, his better days were a little bit behind him. I mean, he's still a beast, still really excited to see what he does with the Suns this year. Same thing with uh, with Russell Westbrook. He was obviously coming off that MVP season, but he was just he was becoming a really inefficient point guard with high usage that just wanted the ball in his hands, and that's obviously something that James Harden is. So at this point, it might be too far gone to try to make him happy there, but I think he could really excel with another team. The question is, who's going to give up picks? Who's going to give up the young prospects? And, I mean, like I said, they, they really brought their value down by just painting him as someone that can't succeed and someone that not necessarily wants to succeed. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough market. I think the only way a deal gets done is somebody completely out of left field that we're not even clocking. You know, it, it's maybe, I mean, the Kings come to mind. I mean, why would it happen? Who knows? But they're the Kings. So you get a deal offer of... I don't know, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and you had maybe a couple picks in there. Maybe he goes to the Kings. I just think at the end of the day, it sounds like all the contenders have seen what James Harden has done with other teammates. And if you have a good team, you have good chemistry, Ed and James Harden is like throwing in a fucking Molotov cocktail. Like you don't want that at the end of the day. So it's it's a dicey move to put all your chips in and say we're in with James when it just seems like James doesn't work with other great players. So I'm of the opinion that it's either going to be completely that, random or it's not going to happen. Of course he doesn't work with other great players. Chris Paul got hurt. Chris Paul got hurt. And, dude, and, and dude, he was signed dude. to a, a four-year max deal. Like they want, they realize Chris Paul is 34 years old on, with three years left on his deal with the worst contract so of his James in the Harden, league. James Harden made I mean, that Darryl deal? I mean, Daryl Morey, when, he, when Chris Paul instead, he accepted his player option to go with the Clippers in, in a sign-in trade to go with the Houston. That was a little wink-wink from Daryl Morey. And they knew that. And they that was them agreeing that they're going to sign a four-year deal. So the next year, when Chris Paul was a free agent, they had to sign him to another four-year max deal. They signed him, get one year into that deal, and realize, like, yeah, this is not going to work. Chris Paul is 33 years old, and he's deteriorating. Like, we have to get rid of him. And it was a Hail Mary to get Russ, who was three years younger. And that clearly didn't work For either. For the... Advanced stats, darling. Russell Westbrook, the most inefficient guy in the league. That was not something that Daryl Morey wanted to do. Who were you going to get for Chris Paul? That that was the best deal on the table for Chris Paul at that time. Yeah, it was. Was the worst worst contract in the league. I mean, at the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, though, was it successful? I mean, how much did they give up to do it? Yeah. So it was not a good trade. Again, it comes back to signing Chris Paul in the first place. They locked themselves in a corner and. Trading Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook was the only way out of it, and it, they shouldn't have signed Chris Paul in the begin with. I agree with that, but they, they put themselves in there with or the extension, the, the one-year rental. Like, I mean, but think about yeah. it. Would, if right now, I, I, you probably would go back in time and say I'd rather keep Blue Will, Montrezl, and Patrick Beverly rather than Chris Paul at that point, or even try to make some. I mean, that one year worked really well. I mean, dude, they took the best team of the last 20 years to a seven-game series. Like, I don't count that as a failure. I count that as the greatest team James Harden's ever been on. And then, obviously, they wanted to ship him out. So, I don't know, man. But exactly. The fact that he was he was only getting older at that point. And Chris Paul's probably the I best mean, player that he's... Chris Paul's probably the best player that Harden's played with and the best complimentary player 
He hasn't had a well, complimentary player at all. I mean, this year he might finally get a complimentary player in Christian Wood, and that's just off of pick and rolls and Christian Wood spacing the floor. But I mean, he's not—he's never had a superstar, and that's what I'm saying. They put themselves—they put themselves and him in such a bad position that now they don't even know what to do with him, and nobody knows what to do with him. Nobody knows—is he worth the picks? Is he really as good of a player as he's shown? But is he also like not that not as good of a player as he's shown with some of the chemistry issues? But it might That's not even be an issue. To. Yeah, but it might not even be an issue. But they don't know because they've been pairing it with with bad with bad connections. Chris Paul's probably the best one, but Chris Paul got injured. If Chris Paul didn't get injured in the playoffs, if Chris Paul showed up in the playoffs, we'd have we'd be having a very different conversation right now. And of I mean course, I agree. Yeah. yeah, just over the whole landscape of the league. But at this point, I mean, they—the only way it's going to happen this year is that they got to—they got to bring their price down a little bit. I'm sure they're asking for four, Heaven five first round picks. I mean, you got to shoot for the stars. Yes. No, you don't sell a dollar for three quarters. You want all four. And I just think if they don't—if that deal doesn't materialize, he might just stay. I mean, he's still like we're saying a perennial MVP candidate, someone that instantly makes your team a contender so i don't blame houston i I would not take these subpar deals if if someone doesn't want to trade me tyler hero jamal murray michael porter jr i mean all these guys have immense potential but they have not done what james harden has done so if those guys aren't even included i i completely understand rafael stone's perspective i would not take the deal so it's either it's either going to be an offer that's worth it or it's just not going to happen you're just going to let him walk for nothing you ride it out, bro. He signed. Like he we signed, go back bro. to he like people like make a big years. deal about this player empowerment thing, where people, these superstars, are just deciding they want to they want to trade, and like people are saying it's so devastating for the team. But like, look at Anthony Davis. Say he just they they rode it out, and they were like, "Nah, we're gonna keep you." And they went to this last offseason. He goes and signs with the Lakers. I'm sure they would rather be like it. Probably sucked in the moment, but like it made them realize like, all right, Anthony Davis is not gonna be here. Let's trade him right now for as much leverage as we can. And they got a haul for him. And it set their team up for the future. I think if you're the Rockets and if like Harden is set on not being there, you have two years left on his deal. Like you like this is the most leverage you have. I feel like you could get a lot if you try to trade him. If you really think you have a chance for the playoffs, I think you keep him. Because I honestly think their team on paper is not bad. It's just there's a huge a lot of baggage with their team. So it's hard to rely on anybody and count on them. But I don't know. It is a tough spot. It's a tough spot. A healthy John Wall might might actually be better than uh than at least in terms of their connection than what Russell's bringing to him. Because uh, yes. you know John Wall, he's a little bit especially he's got to realize what he is at this point. He's not the superstar blowing people off the off the dribble, and you know he's got to be more complimentary. Really getting Boogie, Christian Wood, and Harden involved, and hopefully, I mean he's looked good, but we'll see how that jump shot plays out for the rest of the year and if he's got the jump shot he could easily be a nice complimentary player i agree i I find it bizarre that harden didn't even consider the possibility of playing with a point guard like john wall i mean dude this man has had a charmed life man he started his career with kevin durant moves on to chris paul then has russell westbrook now he has john wall like you can't make a dude happy at some point kevin durant's the perfect type of player to play alongside him every other player he's had alongside him has not really been a good match honestly it's just been kind of whoever they can get at the time i mean 
Dude, their personalities didn't match, but him and Chris Paul were unfucking stoppable, bro. They were for one amazing year. tandem. For one year. So I, I don't know. I think they I just, their timeline just think, didn't match up. Chris Paul was just too late. I mean, career. dude. Like they were, Chris Paul was a couple years younger. I get it. I get it. I mean, Chris Paul had a career year last year. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's certain guys that play well together, and it just seems like Harden, for whatever reason, has not found his partner. Like you said, maybe he's just he played with Kevin Durant, and he thinks that every player that he's meshed with should be as good as Kevin Durant, and that's just not fucking possible. I mean, that's possible, obviously so. not realistic, but I think that's what a, I'm a wing, a wing three, three and D type of player is the ideal. You know, like a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown type of players, ideal. Type oh, of players. Yeah. Obviously, those, those dudes are growing on trees. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so I, I get it. Like, you know, it's tough, but that's why. That, again, that goes to my point is like they get whoever they can get more than like an ideal fit. They're just kind of hoping talent wins out most of the time. But like, there hasn't been an ideal fit with Harden. I feel like his whole career since he was on OKC. All right, let's close it out with who we think, what we think will happen. Will he be traded? Will he stay put? And what team do we think he will potentially be traded to? I'll kick it to you first, Abel. Honestly, I don't think he's going to get traded this year. Uh, they still got a lot of team control. Um, he's probably going to play it out. Like I said, I feel like he's going to be surprised at just how well he's going to mesh. I mean, even in the preseason, the, the game he, that he did play, he had a nice uh, pick and roll dime to Christian Wood. I think him and Christian Wood are going to mesh well. I think he's going to be surprised at uh, what Boogie and John Wall still have left. And, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, so I feel like the fact that he's going to be in the playoff hunt and just having the adrenaline of the season actually getting going, you know, you get you get in the flow of the season, he, he's probably going to forget about it. We're probably not going to be talking about him being traded this year uh, once the season actually starts or we're a couple of, couple of weeks into the season. If he does get traded, I think the only way it happens is with the Sixers because, you know, Ben Simmons is probably the best player right now that they're offering. And, you know, the Rockets, if they really feel like it's disgruntled, I mean, LeBron, or, uh, James Harden has three years on his contract. It's not like they need to get rid of him right now. It's more kind mm-hmm. of a courtesy for him. You know, if, if your superstar says, I want out, you know, it's, it, it'd be a dick move if you didn't at least try to to do it for a good deal try to do the trade for a good deal but if it's not there it's not there and for me it's really not there and i mean we're going to be talking about this probably next year but it really depends i mean the west is pretty tough he's the rockets might make the playoffs you know there's 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 a couple of teams that are right on the cusp with the suns the pelicans obviously the blazers and if they make the playoffs and they might have some success in the in the playoffs. Then we might have to take it from there because they might be just one piece away. It's there. It's a team of what ifs. And at this point, we don't know what Boogie still has left. We don't know what John Wall still has left. Christian Wood is he a one year wonder, or is he legit? I mean, he went from being waived to you know signing a pretty fat contract with with the Rockets. So I don't think it's going to happen. Just overall. All right, Brandon. Yeah, I kind of agree with Abel. I do think it's 50-50 at this point just because they might just, you know, ride it out. But like I said, I think ideally right now is the most leverage you have. You wait till the last year and you're going to be in a Kawhi situation where you're just trading them for 75 cents on the dollar. Like right now you can get Anthony Davis where you probably got – like you don't get one player obviously as equal as Anthony Davis, but you probably got like 
six quarters for that dollar for an Anthony Davis. Same thing with Paul George. Mm. Probably got two dollars worth of quarters for Paul George. Looking at this point, like like mm. at this point, like with two years, I'm and I'm pretty sure the last year is a player option. Like that's enough leverage to where if another team like the Nuggets, like Philly, you know, like the Heat, any team that says they have a window right now, like three years is enough time to you know that's a good window. That like people keep saying like he's a rental. Like a three years is not a rental to me. That's like that's a solid. And like I, like I I think if I'm Philly, I want to trade for him. I mean, if I'm the Heat, I want to trade for him. I think Philly is the most likely just because I think Daryl Morey obviously the connection he's gonna want to do it. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets have you know an offer that's worth it for the Houston's perspective. I think the Nuggets are the dark horse. I mean, if they include Michael Porter and you know enough first round picks, I think that's enough to get it done. Uh, I mean, Wiseman and, you know, a Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins combo is a little dark horse, too. I don't know if you, the Warriors really want to waste another year of Steph's prime by letting, you know, Clay Thompson just sit out another year. Obviously, it'd be tough for the Warriors fans to handle losing play. But, yeah, bro, you're talking fucking but it, but, complete meltdowns but it, for the but entire it, fan base. But, if we're talk, but, like, what do you expect to get out of Clay next year, even when he does come back? Of course. So, like, of you're course. really losing, like, three years of Steph's prime, which, I mean, if you're the Warriors, maybe you're cool with that. Maybe you say, hey, we had a good time. We had our run. And let's just, you know, make sure our guys, we do our guys well, you know. But if you're trying to compete, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, and a few first-round picks, I think, is enough to – make the Rockets at least consider it. I think there's a bunch of offers on the table, honestly. It just depends how high the bidding war gets. And I think Philly is the number one contender at this point with Ben Simmons. And I would just do that. Honestly, I would do that straight up, Ben Simmons. James Harden, give me Ben Simmons. He's a little bit less of a player, but he's younger. He defends all positions. You could really build around him and just work from there. He's an asset. You know, you could flip him a year from now if you're not, you know, but... He's an asset that is c- comparable to James Harden. You're not going to really get another comparable asset to James Harden besides that. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, I mean, even think about the AD deal. They kind of settled a little bit with with Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram before he went to the Pelicans, he was not he wasn't at like his 25 the superstar point per game score. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't mm-hmm. the superstar he is now. Ben Simmons is is a better deal He's there. than He's right Brandon there Ingram already. was. Yeah. yeah. So that already, and you know, if they're packaging, I would even take you know two or three first round picks. If they're packaging three first round picks with with Ben Simmons, I think for the Rockets that's a pretty straightforward deal. And just start a half rebuild. I mean, you could easily build about around Ben Simmons, John Wall, Boogie, Christian Wood, and that sure they might not make the playoffs, but that's going to be a competitive, fun team to watch. Yeah, right they're, away. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, right away. So, you know, they're going to be like the Pelicans who realistically all they needed was that one break of catching of getting Zion. And once they got that one break, I mean, look at them now. They're they're, you know, a contending team that I mean, sure, on the lower tier of the Western Western Conference teams, but still a contending team that can make the playoffs. And for now, and they're one of the youngest teams in the league. So they're set up for five years to come to to be competitive, especially extending uh, Brandon Ingram. And that's where I say, look at that trade where you get a young player like Brandon Ingram and a bunch of draft picks or like a guy like Ben Simmons versus with Kawhi, the Kawhi trade, you know, like the Spurs are really going nowhere with what they got from that return. I mean, they got a bunch of young guys, but not thanks to that Kawhi trade, you know, like they could have really built themselves up for the future, but they were just, you know, 
they really wanted to contend in the moment and they did they got like an eight seed but like what does that really do you know at this point i'm sure they would have rather got a young player or some draft picks so that's why i would if i'm the rockets i'm not getting a lesser player just to contend they, they're you got to get a young player like ben simmons to really look to the future yeah no doubt yeah i'll close it out with i think no deal happens until we approach the trade deadline and in my opinion, Masai Jerry is the best GM in the league. I could see him cooking up with Norm Powell, OGN, and Obi, some draft picks. I don't know why the Rockets would take it, but hey, man, if you like OGN and Obi, if you like Norm Powell, and you like future assets, I mean, it's it's something. And I'm just going off of the wisdom that Masai Jerry has had in the last, I don't know, five to six years. The dude is just there's nobody better. So uh, that's that's my dark horse pick. The so the Raptors. Houston, where where are the Houston getting out of that? Uh, OG's pretty fucking good. I mean, if you take OG so that, and Norm Powell, the who are both trade from a couple of years ago, but like worse. I guess OG for future picks. Like, I I would take OG and Norm Powell over the Rose. I would, I would, I would, but it's just it's not anything to to get excited about. You, are you, if you're a Houston, I mean, OG's but, only like twenty four. OG's only twenty four. You have a fan base in Houston that this is James Harden. You know, this isn't just anybody. This is James Harden. This is their guy. Like, like I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen Houston's Twitter, but it's a dark place right now. Like, I don't think they'll be content with OG oh, for sure. and an OB. Like, you need a player that you could at least pretend <laughs> is like could be a star. And I think OG's gonna be a good player. I don't think he'll ever be a star. I mean, you talk about what the Raptors fans think. They think he's the next Kawhi Leonard. So I don't know, man. There's potential there. He's still super young. I mean, the thing with uh, with that OG trade is I feel like it's almost like that draft pick, how we were talking about trading the first overall draft pick compared to trading Anthony Edwards or trading the second overall draft pick instead of trading James Wiseman. You're trading OG with the contract extension. He just signed a, you know, a pretty hefty contract extension. So you're essentially you have to commit to him instead of giving that freedom of how how much do we want to extend him for how much money. So the money aspect it would be a little tighter squeeze, but I could I could definitely see the Raptors you know pulling something out of a hat maybe uh you know a Van Fleet or something or who knows yeah who that's knows? all I'm saying man it doesn't have to be those two players I just yeah. think Masai Ujiri has fucking tricked so many other owners or GMs rather I'm sorry but yeah it's just it's something on the table that I feel like nobody's talking about if anybody could pull it off it would be Masai because I just don't think there's an offer there I think it's all just a faith in Masai another counter too is I mean the Raptors gave up their superstar to get Kawhi and I feel like to get Harden, you'd have to give one of your superstars. And wait, at this wait, point, wait, 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 DeMar DeRozan is not a superstar, bro. No, but Let's that's, be real. that was their superstar. I mean, who was like right, their, right, who right, was right. their superstar? That for was like Toronto, the closest going to yeah. get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The so fakest point, superstar of all time. You know, they would probably, Houston would probably be like, let me get. Siakam. Let me get OG. Or let, let me get Siakam, sorry. Siakam's too tough of a sell for me. I think Siakam and Masai have a tight-ass bond, and I think that's yeah, that would be I'm, a What, no what did Masai tell DeMar, the offer. like, a month before the Kawhi trade? DeMar was very I mean, audible about bro, how— Could DeMar play defense? I mean, I'm just telling you, like, your your argument is that Masai is close to Siakam. That is just throw that out the window. That has nothing to do with anything. Like, he should be close to this player, <sighs> sure, but, like, bro. I mean— Siakam's on the table for James Harden. That is the that's the player you who might be I, right. I you want might be right. Houston. But I'm saying that Siakam is the Ben Simmons of the Raptors. So if 
Daryl Moore is no not trading Ben Simmons showed up. The, I don't the, see Messiah trading Siakam. The fan base doesn't look at Siakam. I don't think the fan base sure? looks at Siakam the way Philly people. He's the best player. Who's better than Siakam I mean, on he's the best team? player. I don't think they look at him the same way they look at Kyle Lowry, though, or the way they looked at uh, DeMar. I mean, not after not yeah. after this postseason. Or even Fred Van Vliet. I think Fred Van Vliet's a more won. fan loved than Siakam. I, I mean, Siakam, people like Siakam, but I don't think they're uh, well, that attached. But how, how could you not love exactly, Fred Van Vliet? I, just think, I, think, I, don't I don't think they're too attached to where if they were to just trade Siakam, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. I think they'd be like, we got James Harden for Siakam? All right. You know, he had a good run, Siakam. Yeah. I'm not as tapped in with our Canadian brother. I mean, I just, are, I so. just, I'm not tapped in to Philly or Toronto, but I heard a lot of Philly people say, like, <laughs> we are not trading Ben Simmons. Like, that's been a thing. Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let's say Harden stays with the Rockets. He does well. He meshes well. Can he win MVP? Or if, if he doesn't have an MVP season, who do you guys see as an MVP this year? So I am on record as saying that Damian Lillard is one of the best leaders in the league. He finally has a roster that is surrounding him with defensive players outside of C.J. McCollum, who by design is just a flawed backcourt in our opinion. But at the same time, you had Covington, you had a healthy Zach Collins, you had Yusuf Nurkic, you had Derek Jones off the bench. They have an elite wing combo that could match with all the other elite wings in the West. And I just see... Dame leading them to the best record in the West, and I think there's a high possibility that he could be a dark horse MVP candidate. All right, so I, I'm going to cheat, and I got two players that I like. So first is Jokic. I think if he turns it on this year, he, for one, you look at the top like 10 players in the league, most of them are probably not going to play every game besides like Giannis, and I just don't think Giannis is going to win a third MVP in a row. So besides that, you got you got maybe Lillard, who's probably going to play most of the games. So you got maybe Luca, but how good is Luca's team going to be to win MVP? When he's had a shaky injury history the last two years, he's had ankle problems. So I think your theory about staying healthy is not. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were cautious with Luca, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. I mean, there's a good chance that they both miss you know enough games to get get them out of contention. It's more but, a matter of why would they play? Why yeah, would they play? Because they, they know that they're they're ready for the playoffs. So I think they're the favorites. So I they're think favorites, Jokic, yeah. out of the best teams in the West, I think is probably, and like or just in best teams in general, because even like you look at Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, they're clearly players that are probably going to have load management this year too. So I mean, I think it's really Jokic who is going to mm-hmm. be a star player that plays enough games and is going to have the win-loss record to get him in the conversation. And after that, I think a dark horse would be Kawhi. Where I think Kawhi obviously has been on the load management, but I wouldn't Ooh. be surprised if after last year, if he was like, all right, like we need to build some chemistry. We need to get a high seed. We need to set the tone. Yeah. Because they like just like went through the motions all last season. And every single person was like, it's fine. It's fine. They'll be ready in the playoffs. And they were not ready in the playoffs. So <laughs> I think they're going to realize that they need to be ready in the regular season this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi end up sneaking out an MVP this year? For me, honestly, it's Luca's time. He was already pretty much on the cusp last year, and just for him to turn it off in the playoffs, I think even more now that they've gotten some defensive pieces, 
they, uh, I mean, Trey Burke is, and Tim Hardaway Jr. are the only ones that are going to be working in terms of offense. Porzingis is going to is already starting the year injured with a meniscus. He's really going to have to take over. I mean, I could see him easily averaging almost, you know, thirty points and nine and eight or nine and nine, and that's pretty MVP caliber season right there. And the Mavs might even take the jump. Like I said, for them to upgrade defensively, Luka's going to get buckets. He's going he's gonna to keep them in game when they need a scoring. And they're adding Josh Richardson, adding some, some of the draft picks that they, that they got, that'll just propel them to get stops when they need it, keep the games close, not be in shootouts that you don't necessarily want to be in. And, I mean, it, it really is Luka's time. If I, if I had to put any money on it, I, I would put my money on Luka. Yeah, Luka's a, Luka's a good bet. I, like, I just think, like I said, I don't think they're going to have a win-loss record. Like they'll probably be six sixth in the West, and I yes. mean that'll be, I mean it'll be dope. Like they'll have a good team, and Luca's going to be probably the most fun player to watch this whole season. And if they make it to if they make it to the yeah. top four, I think that means he has a chance. I just don't think he's like with Kristaps for one being out until January at least, and then two they they clearly seem to be like they were hoping Giannis was going to come twenty twenty one, and that plan obviously didn't work out. So I mean they're going to have to pivot. But it seemed like they're really working towards next year's free agency. So I don't know if they're necessarily just going to, like, you know, take the L this year. But I think they're not going to totally come out ready to go enough for Luka. I mean, Luka is the answer. I just don't know if they're going to have the wins for it. Luka's the answer. Rick Carlisle's a wizard. I don't know. I I think there's potential, but it would be Rick Carlisle's best coaching season of his career if he could make this roster – a top four team in the West without Porzingis. That's that's the biggest hangup. Yeah, for me, it's just I think they're going to take that leap into a f- top four Western Conference team, and then they're just gonna they're gonna be gritty on defense and just being gritty on defense. And for Luca, the fact that they're going to be gritty on defense is going to keep them in the top four. And then the fact that Luca can get buckets whenever he wants, he's going to have clutch buckets throughout the season. He's going to beat some. Of, he's going to have some upsets. He's going to end up beating the Lakers and the Clippers, in my opinion, at least once. And those are the type of things that an MVP does within a season. And he's already got the Luka hype coming off the playoffs. I mean, getting that buzzer beater against the Clippers. So, I just like, saw he's I on the cover of Slam Magazine. He's, he's got the hype, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I understand most MVPs, they got to have the record to match, but... Yes. In my opinion, that that team can jump in the top four and jumping in the top four in a stacked Western Conference, where you got you know Le- LeBron Clippers, uh, you know three would probably be. We'll, we'll see. The Nuggets are a really good regular season team, mm. and I mean the Rockets kind of fallen off with with this drama. It, it's the Mavs for the taking for that four spot, and obviously the Jazz are going to be there as well. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert is going to put that put that contract to work. <laughs> That stimulus money, you know? Mm-hmm. Worst contract in the league. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, you want to just contend for the seventh seed every year. Yo, they'll watch them be pretty good this year, man. They were not bad Yeah, without... they'll be pretty good for all of Donovan Mitchell's career, basically. And they'll never be great because of that contract. No. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I agree with you. I think going off of MVP... Something else we could pick it back off of is we're gonna we're gonna see players that are gonna be have MVP seasons, but what are the teams that are gonna get to the finals? You know, at the end of the day, it's all about the ship, 
It's about all about getting them that trophy. So who who do you guys see going to the finals this year? I will start off with I think it's pretty basic, but I just really love what the Miami Heat have done. And I am also counting on them making one upgrade. So what have they done? Uh, only make it to the finals with the roster that is literally lacking a third big three. And they just developed every player that they've had for the last three years. They have one of the best coaches so they, in the league. They so over, they overachieved? And you think they're just going to overachieve again? Yes. When you have Jimmy Butler as your lead guy, it's going to be hard to not play hard. And I just think if they're going to insert Tyler Hero into their starting lineup, the kid's only going to get better. I mean, we saw what he did in the playoffs as a rookie. Like, that shit's unheard of. Only Luka has done what he's done as a rookie. So, I don't know, man. I just think you add Hero to the starting lineup. Duncan's three-point shooting is not going anywhere. He still has the gravity of a J.J. Redick, a Steph Curry. I don't know. Bam Adebayo was hurt in the finals. I'm not going to act like the team that was in the finals was their best team. I just think that you need an answer to guard big men. And Bam Adebayo has shown he could guard any big man in the league. He's one of the best passing big men in the league. I don't know, man. If you give me Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, I'm I'm pretty confident you can build a title contender. So I'm saying them and the Lakers. I mean, it's it's be insanity to pick any other team to come out the West in the league. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Clippers might pull up a chance. Um, it it'd be tight between them two. I think. I mean, Joe, you're kind of wilding out for that pick because, in my <laughs> opinion, they got a lot of in betweeners where. The, they can be really good, and they they stepped it up in the playoffs. But I think the only for sure concrete things for them in the upcoming season that you know they're going to be good, you know they're going to be consistent, is Jimmy Butler, Bam, That's and it. Duncan Robinson. No, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, yeah. you know what you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, you're going to shoot you know, threes. You know what you're going to get, yeah. Yeah, those are the three consistent things. You don't know if Goran Dragic is going to be good. You, or even healthy. You don't know if uh, Kendrick Nunn is going to play the way he played last season. Tyler Hero, is. I'm leaning more towards, yeah, he's going to be consistent and he's going to be that guy that can be closer to stardom. But everyone else, it's just so iffy. And if anything happens to Bam or if Jimmy has a down year, the, I mean, the Heat might be in trouble. I mean, bro, that's every team. What are we talking about? If your two best players yeah. don't play good, that's, I mean, no, I get yeah. what you're saying. I, I definitely agree that the surrounding pieces are question marks. I, I'm just riding with consistency, bro. They're too yeah. good. They have one of the best coaches in the league. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Tell me what you guys think for from me, the East. For me, East. yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, it might be too mainstream of a pick, but the Bucks getting Drew, breaking down Drew tape over the offseason, he's just going to add so much spacing and tempo to that offense. And obviously, they're going to be a solid defensive team. They've always been a solid defensive team. That's the one thing that Bud, Bud and Holzer always has is, you know, he'll, they'll try hard. And then obviously Giannis is, you know, defensive player of the year candidate every single year. But for Drew to be able to control the tempo, ease some pressure off Giannis, give Giannis nice feeds, and if they need a bucket, he can, shoot, he can get a step back three, he can get open shots. His percentages are slightly above average they're, you know they're not as good as you would want them to be but then again he was he was playing in a, a Zionless Pelicans team where it was just him and Brandon Ingram and they had really nothing else going on besides those two and Brandon Ingram they were letting him cook so they could focus a little bit more on Drew it's going to be hard to focus on Drew when you got so many shooters you got Giannis who's you know two-time MVP wait, wait, wait. who are the shooters on the Bucks? who are the shooters on the Bucks? tell me the shooters 
Middleton, DiVincenzo. I no. think DiVincenzo is a solid shooter. He's okay, dude. I'm He's not okay. Him. Yeah, I mean, but he he didn't get he didn't get as good looks. Um, I mean, do they still have Corver or no? Are we really counting Kyle Corver right now, bro? Is no, that really make, making or breaking that team right now? The hell no. No, but, but the if they're going to get open looks, they're going to get open looks. Kyle Corver's going to make Kyle open Corver looks. Kyle Corver is not playing in the playoffs against Kevin Durant and the Nets. He is not Kyle playing. Kyle Corver is not swinging a playoff series. No, he's not. So keep going. Wide open. Wide open. You shooters. got Middleton right now. You got Middleton and half of DiVincenzo. <laughs> Like, they don't have shooters, bro. There's problems with this team. They gave up death to get Drew. So, it's like, they people will George laugh Hill. at George Hill. Yeah, people will laugh yeah, at George did, Hill, but George Hill is good, no, bro. No, George, George Hill is good, yeah. The fact he led the league George in three-point percentage last year. That's your I shooting. Mean, they, he they led the Bobby league, Portis. and he's gone now. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot of, like, risk going in yeah. play to pick them to win. Because yeah. I, I just don't trust Bud. If Bud made yeah. any adjustments, I'd be like, you're right. They can at least adapt. And they got Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes. <laughs> All right, you're right. I'll give you Brent Forbes and I'll give you yeah. Middleton. But that's where the yeah. three-point shooting stops, bro. Like, Drew Holiday is a little overrated as far as I'm concerned from three. Like, he can shoot and he can definitely oh, no, make he's those not, shots. He's not a beast three-point shooter at all. But he he creates the space and he creates his own shot. Like, he does have a step-back shot. That's something that they've never really had is someone yes. that can take a step-back three and create that shot. And then, obviously, yes. he's so crafty within the lanes. I think just his craftiness within the lanes – and that and the range that he has is going to open up IQ. that yeah high basketball IQ that's going to open up lanes for a lot of you know for Giannis to be running a lot off ball get alley oops you know get nice passes because I mean I, I when I was breaking down some of the film if if they don't play up on him he's going to shoot it in your eye or for a step back and if you play up on him he's going to drive right next to you you're playing five on four five on four with with Drew Giannis. You know, you'll take that all day. That's going to either lead to a layup, it's going to lead to an alley-oop for Giannis or a dunk, or, or it's going to lead to an open three. Yeah, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, they're NBA, player, NBA players. You know, I'll take I'll take DJ Augustine. I'll take Kyle Korver hitting an open three. No, no, no. That's the other thing I don't like, man. I, I don't know, man. When we talk about the Bucks, like, I will not say that their starting lineup got worse. Their starting lineup is a 1,000% better, unquestionably. But adding... DJ Augustine and fucking Bobby Portis as like your final pieces to show up the roster, man. Like that has red flags all over it. I don't know, man. I, I just, I want, I want to see it before I believe it is all I would say about like the roster construction at least. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're going to do well in the regular season. Yes. I think it, it really is about the playoffs in the playoffs. You're only, you only have like a seven man rotation, eight man rotation. Yep. yep. So, they, hopefully they get it together. They say, okay, these guys, these guys are our shooters. These guys are our hustle guys. You know, we we got the core of Middleton, Drew, and and Giannis, and we could stick with them. I mean, Brooks improved a good amount in his three point shooting. Obviously, yeah. I mean, as a spot up shooter, he's probably on the higher tier of their shooters, which Brooke is not Lopez. good. That's that's a problem. But that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, I will agree yeah. with you there. I will agree with you there. But I just think the spacing is going to open so much more, and I think Giannis is going to have one of his most efficient years. He might not have one of his best uh, counting stat years, but efficiency-wise, he's going he's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then obviously no, in the West, they're still a good I mean, pick. Yeah, and in the West, you can't really go against the Lakers. You know, I, I would want to say the Clippers, but the Lakers. 
already being monsters and adding the pick and roll second team of, of Schroeder and Trez, that's just going to be perfect. I mean, Schroeder and Trez are easily going to average 14 points a game off the bench each, 28 points adding to it. Where Who, who was even their best, best scorer off the bench last year? I mean, and don't tell me Kuzma because <laughs> Kuzma wasn't doing much off the bench. He was just, you know, whenever he got it, he, he threw it up there and sometimes it went in, sometimes it didn't. But this year, he might be the one to get a lot of open threes. And, you know, Kuzma with open threes, he could have a career year off the bench. And that's why that contract they signed him to might actually pay off really well. If if not for for production for the Lakers, they might be able to flip him just because how good he's going to be with that second unit of having so much focus off shooter, off the dribble. Trez also driving to the rim being aggressive. I mean, no longer our defense is going to be focused on, oh, Kuzma's the best player. At this point, they're probably like, Kuzma's one of the worst players in the second unit or the player that we can we can let him do something. And, Sag off. and he's a good enough yeah. player where it will bite him, bite him in the ass if they let him do it. Yep. All right, Brandon, money time, what you got? Yeah, it's tough to go against the Bucks, but uh, for everything you pointed out, I agree. They definitely have – people are overlooking their problems just because they did get Drew Holiday. So my pick uh, is the Lakers and the Nets in the finals. I think people are really sleeping on the Nets. You look at this team, and they got guys like Joe Harris, Tareen Prince, like Jared Allen just off the bench as like they're like seven through nine guys. So so if you have Karras coming off the bench, you got guys like Tareen Prince who's probably not even going to get minutes. He will, though. He's backing up KD. They're not going to want to overwork KD. he's He's a solid seventh man for sure. And then you got a guy like Jared Allen who should be starting over DJ. But yeah, he's the better, he's like, a better version. Hopefully, by the time playoffs come around, they'll realize that. But like, I mean, this team is like seven guys deep. I feel like, and obviously, their top two guys, Durant and Kyrie, if they're on, they're two of the top you know players in the league. Like, obviously, there's a lot of question marks. And I, I would argue they're like, they're like nine to ten guys deep because you had Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown, who's an elite wing defender. They have they yeah. have the roster, man. So they're they're my pick outside of the Heat. But just to be sexy, I had to go with Miami, baby. You guys know what yeah. it is. Jimmy Butler's my guy. So yeah, I think all three are the best potential to come out the East. Yeah, they all have question marks. Yeah, so. I, I think the Nets, like Brandon saying, they got so much firepower. They're they are in all likeliness the best team. Like I think people are just looking at Durant and I and Kyrie, but like their whole team is pretty. Solid. Like they have a solid starting five with guys off the bench, like rotational. Pieces. Yeah, and they're another gritty team. You know, they even even when they've been bad, they've always been in competitive games. The thing for me is true. There's a difference between the game on paper and the game on the court, and how does that? How mm-hmm. are they going to mesh well together? You know. Is the, is the chemistry going to be there right away? I mean, thankfully, it. Kyrie's talking about yeah, posting. It's going to be a long season, but, you know, everyone, everyone, at the end of the day, Kyrie and KD both have egos. And I, I think they'll, they'll mesh well, and I agree with you guys, but that's one of my big question marks because sometimes, you know, those superpower teams don't end up becoming superpower teams because they just can't put it together on the court. But. Which it, it might be, it might it might be a team that doesn't look good in the beginning of the season. They might have like a 500 record in the first month, but then after the All Star game, they could be killing it. And you know, easily as long as and they're going to be in the playoff picture, making the playoffs, they're going to be a deadly team in the half court because 
every single player could play in the be- in the half court, both offense and defense. Dude, how do you guard a KD Kyrie pick and roll? Yeah, Get the fuck yeah. out of here, bro. It's impossible. It's literally impossible. So they have the best play in basketball right now. I mean, outside of Anthony Davis, yeah. LeBron pick and roll, there's there's no yeah. more effective play. All right, boys. Well, that was a good first sesh. Everybody out there, I hope you hope you enjoyed a little insight on what we think for the NBA season. I think something pretty clear is it's going to be a banger. We're going to have a banger of a season. It's going to be a lot of drama. It's going to be a lot of ifs, a lot of buts, a lot of scoring, a lot of buckets. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Adios, amigos. 